United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy denied that such objects. Hi. Hi. Um, let's see. Who am I today? Actually, you know what I am? Hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and it is taking me every bit of self-control that I have, which is very little, to not drive myself to the movie theater to just buy popcorn and then drive myself home. Why, why wouldn't you do that? This, or why not just go get pop? Is it the movie theater popcorn, or is it just popcorn in general? It's the movie theater popcorn, okay. because I have poppable popcorn at my house, but it is not the same, girl. It's, it's not. not the same. Uh, just go do it after this. Fuck it. Maybe. We'll see. Treat yourself. Um, and I'm Chelsea, and I'm sorry that I didn't realize this episode that we're about to do was also covered on Ghost Adventures until I had already finished writing it, so my bad. First of all, you didn't have to tell them. Second of all, <laughs> the real ghost adventure is the fucking squeaking of your chair. That's going to drive me absolutely insane. I know. Dude, I broke it when I fell out of it that one time. And it's just... I know. You said it before, but it has been obnoxious lately. I need to get like a, like a stool to sit on for this so that I'm not so tempted to wiggle around. Yeah, something. Or a shot collar. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to apologize for those scrubs on here who aren't on Patreon. I am on the tail end of a sinus infection. I'm so sorry that you have to hear two mucusy motherfuckers this time around. That is very unfortunate. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for how mucusy I sound all the time. I've been genetically cursed. So, well, let's I mean, get same, into kind it. Of. Yeah, yeah, let's true. do it. Um, Noelle. If I were to ask you about an infamous alien ranch, you would probably say... Skinwalker. Obviously, because I would say that is the most famous uh, alien ranch known to man. I um, Dare I say the only alien ranch I know of. Yeah, until now. Um, Skinwalker Ranch is known for its wild UFO appearances and attacks on wildlife. But unfortunately, I feel like we can all agree on this. It's played out. Um, any content coming out of Skinwalker Ranch is unfortunately nothing more than a cliffhanger that is modern produced conspiracy and alien theories. It is a massive letdown and thus a massive waste of time to look into. May it rest in peace. You know, I will say Skinwalker Ranch pretty much died to me. Um, kind of like like a flashbang mm -hmm. when the Skinwalker TV series came out with Utah's own Iron Man funding it and um, self-proclaimed bodyguard, self-named, nicknamed Dragon. That's it, yeah. I was going to say Wolverine. I, I don't know why. It was Dragon. I'll never forget. Because I was like, <laughs> pardon? <laughs> pardon me? Excuse me? Um, <laughs> but it... <laughs> It was so enjoyable for being so insane, and then I was just immediately let down, and that was it for me. Yeah, it was promise us everything and give us nothing, which is such a bummer because they, if they would have consolidated everything that they did with that into one episode, it probably could have been revolutionary, but they don't know how to cut the fat and thus are dead to me now. What was revolutionary about it? There were no, there was no new finding. They, if anything, they just proved to me that that area used to be a military dumping ground, and there is probably so much horrific radiation, like a contaminated materials buried underneath it. Like that's all that they proved to me. Yeah, I mean, they did bring in the scanners, and then they found like massive anomalies underground but then that yeah that was it it would take like 14 episodes for them to get the scans in and then i just ultimately lost interest because i cannot have a cliffhanger every fucking five minutes do you remember when michael phelps was supposed to race that shark and then everybody waited for hours for it to happen and then it just ended up being a computer image shark I hate to say that I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what? There was this Michael thing Phelps. You yeah. wait a second. You yeah. really thought that Michael Phelps, Olympian Michael Phelps, was going to swim 
with a real shark. So here's how they pitched it. They're like, Michael, how do you like that? We were all, it was, I don't remember like what preceded, what program preceded it, but it was like, and then coming up next, scientists are going to put the world's fastest man against the world's most dangerous predator, the shark. And then it showed Michael Phelps fucking putting on flippers in a boat. And you were like, he's not really going to race a shark. And they're like, yes, he's really going to race a shark. Don't fucking doubt us. This is primetime TV. And they led up to it. And the program itself was like, Michael, are you nervous? And he's like, yeah, I'm nervous. I got like these fucking bat wings. I don't want him to get bit off by a shark. It's like very real danger to be swimming in the ocean. It's different from the Olympic pool, but you know, I love science. And then it shows him jumping into the water. And then they go to a bird's eye view. And it's like a bloop, bloop, bloop. A computer-generated shark pops up, and they're like, for this experiment, we have decided to just calculate how fast we think this shark would be and put it against Michael Phelps. And then it shows Michael swimming, and then he gets out of the water, and he's like, whoa, that was fast! And the whole time, you're like, we knew it wasn't going to happen, but you said it was going to happen, <sighs> yeah. and then it was just a computer-generated shark. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's what Skinwalker Ranch ended up being. I encourage you to look it up, though. Maybe I'll find it for you now. Michael um, Phelps racist shark. This is important, Michael Phelps. I just don't, like, shark. peace and love to you and everyone who believed it. I don't know how, like, I understand that reality, reality TV wants to, like, dangle people on the edge. Mm-hmm. But he's not people. He's not you and I on Survivor drinking our own piss. He is Michael Phelps. They are yeah. not going to risk his probably each leg is insured for like a million dollars. There is no fucking way they're going to really put him next to a shark, probably putting his fucking lanky little steroid taken ass in the fucking ocean was a liability. And the, the phone lines were jammed with 10 lawyers nonstop while they aired it and filmed it. Yeah, dude, that's OK. I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but the lead up to it was. Um, <laughs> was purposely deceptive, right? Was this during Shark Week? I don't remember. Yeah, it had to have been during Shark Week. And I don't even remember how I saw it. But, like, they show Michael... I'm about to send you a screenshot of this. They show Michael Phelps jumping into the ocean. And then it goes to this bird's eye view that's an Olympic swimming pool. And the shark is one of the Olympian <laughs> competitors. Right. And it's so they cute. didn't even put him in the ocean? They just no, put he him was in, in the-, the ocean, but it was like so computer generated, right? That, so like- he was in the ocean, but they put in a, they put the CGI shark in the Olympic pool that he was well, not in. They did it both, right? So yes, he was in the ocean. Yes, they put a computer generated shark next to him in the ocean. And then they also did a bird's eye view of the shark in an Olympic swimming pool, but they showed none of this prior to it. Right. That's like why it was like, what the fuck is happening is it's just like Michael Phelps doing warmups on a beach. And you're like, mm-hmm. if, if he wasn't at least going like, you know what I mean? Obviously like people are watching to see what the gimmick was and how they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree that nobody thought Michael Phelps was going to be in danger, but they were like, how are they going to have like meat behind a boat 40 yards off? Like that's, I'm sure what most people thought was going to happen. And there wasn't <laughs> a shark in sight, man. Yeah. Um, and it ended up having like such a huge backlash because people are like, this was the biggest waste of time. You did an hour of like Michael Phelps warming up to race a shark. And then you just showed us this poorly computer generated nonsense. I mean, it looks pretty good in the Olympic pool. It's cute, right? I think it's cute. At the yeah, end of the also, day, it's cute. But the, the this YouTube was- video is Michael Phelps races a great white shark, sort of in in brackets, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, and that, I understand why you're upset. You feel yeah. deceived. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. If I wish you could have been there at that time to be like, how are they going to pull that off? And then I just don't be like, think I would have ever even thought that. But I'll suspend belief to be pretend. I'll suspend my belief. So be like, oh, how would they pull it off? Suspend the belief in the sense of like, Michael, have you signed any waivers? And he's like, yeah, I had to sign waivers, you know. And it's is that what he said? It's like basically that. I can't remember. But like he didn't verbatim. say that. 
No, well, this was like in 2000. We're going to have to, we're going to have to, this was like 2009, right? It happened so long ago, but it's basically, they're like, are you worried? And he's like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you be worried racing a shark? Like he was fucking saying that shit. He was saying that Mm -hmm. out loud to the camera and people are like, what is happening? Uh, so that stuff was happening. It's like when they say, we have evidence of a skinwalker and then it goes to commercial and then it shows 45 minutes of them bringing this ground scanning software up. And you're like, this is asinine. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Some yes, might say it was smoke and mirrors. Um, so let's just CGI. <laughs> yeah. So let's bring in an alternative, please. Because Michael Phelps racing sharks and skinwalker <laughs> ranch belong in the same category of being yeah. dead to me yeah um, yeah i could tell oh so, we are talking stardust ranch and the encounters experienced by joyce and john edwards the patrons of this homestead in rainbow valley which sits about 40 minutes outside of phoenix arizona that's 40 minutes drive time not walk time i cannot thank be you for clarifying yeah Um, And normally when you think of living somewhere in Arizona, you probably think of scorching summers and prickling Mm -hmm. cacti, and you wouldn't be wrong. But in the same tier, uh, I will say that I do not think Arizona holds as much of a candle to alien history as its neighbor to the West, New Mexico. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of Arizona being known for their aliens. I have heard them being known for their hatred of what they would call illegal aliens and their severe... Um, anti-immigration policies and their uh, discrimination and hatred and violence towards migrants. It's actually really sad that you say that because there was um, a case that I ended up not putting it in the episode of where a military base killed an alien. And then everyone was like, what's the big deal? And they said, not an illegal alien, an extraterrestrial alien. And then they were like, oh my God, this is huge. And I was like, you know, we don't need that in here. But I'm glad you somehow managed to drag it out of my psyche. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. So, um, but after this episode, we just may change your mind about aliens. Not Arizona, though. My mind cannot be made up about it. Sometimes when I lean in to talk closer to you, I realize that my camera is at a three-quarter view. So even though I'm like right at your face, all you see is like maybe the top of my ear. Yeah. But I'm looking right at, I'm like inches away from your eyeballs on my screen okay so the before we really get into the stardust ranch we want to start at the beginning and acknowledge ufo insight for most of the information gathered for this episode and we are going to instead of going to stardust ranch bop down into the four corners region Um, For those of you who are not in the know, the Four Corners is Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado have a border that intersects into one single point, and it has gained a reputation as a mysterious and intriguing location in the United States. Notably, this area has witnessed numerous UFO and alien encounters contributing to its enigmatic aura. The paranormal activity reported in the Four Corners region has drawn attention, with even NASA dedicating resources to investigate it. One intriguing aspect that caught NASA's interest is the detection of unusually high and unexplained methane emissions in the area, not just from people farting. Hmm. And the presence of such emissions has sparked curiosity and led to questions regarding NASA's true motives for studying this area. With the combination of paranormal phenomena, UFO sightings, and NASA's involvement, there has been a lot of intense intrigue surrounding the Four Corners region and its unexplained occurrences. And this uh, region does have a remarkable array of such reports and accounts. New Mexico has obviously gained significant attention, obviously due to the infamous Roswell crash, which remains one of the most well-known cases of a reported downed UFO. Colorado, too, has its share of claims related to extraterrestrial bases, suggesting a presence or activity in the area. Actually, I do think that Colorado houses the real Roswell now. Um, And these accounts contribute to the overall fascination of this area. Utah, as we have said, has its claim to fame with the Skinwalker Ranch, which stands out as a pretty spectacularly large location um, and the surrounding area, much like the land in the other four corner states has rich native American heritage. 
Native American legends often incorporate tales of celestial visitors and encounters um, possessing paranormal abilities. In the convergence of UFO incidents, alleged extraterrestrial bases, and Native American folklore in the Four Corners states um, adds further depth to the intrigue associated with this region. The wealth of accounts and legends from these areas has captivated the imagination of those interested in the mysteries and of the unknown and has contributed to the ongoing exploration and study of these extraordinary phenomena. In this next case, uh, we got to do a full episode about the 37th parallel um, because the 37th parallel is a latitude line that traverses various states and has also garnered its own attention for its association with numerous paranormal encounters, um, particularly with UFO sightings and cases of alien abduction. And interestingly enough, the 37th parallel also ties in with missing 411 phenomenon. Yeah, I was going to say that's super familiar for everything creepy, weird, and yeah. unexplained. I have a book about it that I bought for research purposes, but I haven't like gone through and really carved it up yet. It's right next to my Giants of America book that I've also got that I've been bullied out of researching. So maybe they'll gather dust for a while <laughs> before we <laughs> maybe they'll it. just be coasters for a yeah, hot minute. The Smithsonian will come get them and hide them in their basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, researchers have put some theories regarding the region's intense energy with like Proposals that unidentified vehicles utilize the potent energy present along this parallel to power their craft. And another suggests that it just may be a catalyst um, where gateways or portals or other realms um, happen to congregate at. So it's interesting that this tiny little area is where we're seeing a lot of this alien activity, which is what brings us into the John and Joyce Edwards encounters that happened on Stardust Ranch. So back in 2009, John and Joyce Edwards moved into this huge 10 acre property thinking it was going to be their dream home and paid somewhere around 1.7 million for it. A normal price uh, in this day and age. Yeah. For a fixer upper. Um, but much to their surprise and right off the bat, they started experiencing some strange things that they couldn't always attribute um, just to the simple reasoning that they lived on the outskirts and sometimes weird things happen. At first, they would hear strange noises, which were shortly followed by moving lights in the sky. And when they began to pay closer attention to the goings on with the lights and sounds at night, they began seeing strange and creepy figures lingering just on the outskirts of their property, getting even closer with each encounter to the Edmonds' home. On a particular evening while outside their property, their attention was drawn to a movement occurring nearby but still within their premises. Closer examination revealed the presence of a peculiar figure clearly distinguishable as non-human. Its abnormal characteristics included an oversized head which was dis disproportionate to its slender frame as well as strikingly large black eyes. And before John could get to the figure, it quickly vanished into the shadows making it the first of many, many encounters to come. Shortly after the initial sightings of the peculiar creatures observing them, the Edmonds found themselves confronted with a series of terrifying discoveries. The most innocuous was finding all their furniture in their pool, followed by their horses exhibiting the same mutilation patterns typically associated with those of cattle mutilations happening on Skinwalker Ranch. They had been killed with surgical precision and sadly enough, and shortly after, even their beloved dogs met similar fates. What? Yeah, they got their dogs, too. Drained of blood, mutilated, and just ripped open. But with surgical precision. So normally, if you think of cattle mutilations or things like that, or horses, you would think of, like, natural predators and wildlife in the area. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think of something being cleanly cut open in a field with no blood in their body present. Yeah. Ye Ooh. God. And I'm going to say this. If your dogs get got by aliens, then you're a fucking pab. Like, you got to go John Wick and protect your property. I agree. I think after the first cattle mutilation, I would be, like, figuring it out. I would be, like, setting up a perimeter. Right? Maybe me and my friends are out there with, like, cameras and fucking shotguns or something. I was, like I was just going to say, I'm, like, tempting the ire of 
like the United States government and I am sawing shotguns off and I am filling them with nails. I'm filling them with like rock salt bullets, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, and I'm also not leaving my dogs outside. I don't want a victim blame here, but if your yeah. animals are getting mutilated, fucking put them in areas where aliens from outer space can't fucking get them. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. I do think we should victim blame here. Yeah. So to add a cherry on top of the horrible animal treatment, as soon as the guard dogs were out of the way, movement began to quickly manifest directly outside of their house. And honestly, they deserve it because if these motherfuckers let their guard dogs die, they deserve to get got by aliens, in my humble opinion. Oh, I feel bad for absolutely zero of what they go through. Um, So one night, the Edmonds were in their home when they suddenly caught movement by their window as they um, saw one of these figures standing outside staring at them. It ran off quickly once it caught their eye, but they believed that this creature was merely a scout for the rest of its group, as shortly after that, disturbances began to actually occur within the confines of their home. That's why you have to have a guard dog. Mm. Um, Even fucking Puffin would make short work of the tiny alien. I know it. At least Bear would for sure. You but even say Puffin that. could. You say that. No, if an alien was in my house, Puffin is barking at the very least. That's why you got to keep your dogs alive in the apocalypse. Yeah. So, um, the couple soon began noticing bruises and what they believed to be needle marks on their bodies when they would wake up in the morning. In an unsettling incident, John Edmonds actually woke up to his wife in a mid-attack from these beings. She was levitating above their bed, suspended in midair, before gradually moving before the, uh, towards the front door. Astonishingly, she was drawn towards the yard where an unidentified craft hovered, ready to receive her. John's recollection then abruptly faded as he witnessed his wife seemingly being drawn into the awaiting vehicle. The following morning, when he reunited with her, she bore the same telltale bruises observed since their arrival at the ranch, along with the unexplained markings on her skin. These disturbing experiences left John with an unshakable conviction that both he and his wife had become victims of repeated alien abductions, leaving them to grapple with the bewildering encounter in their new reality. And well, I got to ask what you would do in this situation, but let me add a preface to it. Because as millennials, we obviously have to put up with a lot of horror stories when it comes to landlords. And honestly, I think repeated alien abductions is just a small price to pay when you own both a yard and your own private driveway. What do you think? I mean, like, don't kill my pets. Yeah, don't kill my pets. But like, if someone's like, yeah, we got to stab you with needles and abduct you every night. I'd be like, for a $1.7 million property. $1.7 million in 2009? Like, which arm? I got good veins. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, honestly. Hell yeah. So, um, other than the animal mutilations, I don't think that's a small price to pay. Yeah, I because like in our situation, we would obviously like better take care of our animals. So, it's a win-win. Wouldn't even be a problem for me. Wouldn't even. I'd be like, let me fucking give them some trazodone. I'll put them in the other room with a peanut butter treat. Just come get me. Like, what's more comfortable? Do I got to wear a button-up shirt for easier access? Like, what do you need me? Just go to bed naked? You got it. Like, hell yeah, yeah I'm fine. Yeah. That's what do you know? I'll just tell you while I'm awake what you want to know. Just, yeah. I'm singing like a bird. We could just have tea about it. Yeah, right? If they're like, we actually have to, like, take a skin sample from, like, the inside of your throat with a cheese grater. I'd be like, yeah, just... Can I have like a honey cough drop when I'm done? I'll buy mm-hmm. it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. It's fine. So, um, and you know, it didn't take long before John started to document his experiences and he really tried to find some patterns so that he could fight them off when he thought they would come. And in doing so, he did kind of like come up with some theories where he thought they were interventional beings um, specifically because he would hear this really loud buzzing noise which he believed was the sound of the aliens traveling to come get him and that sounds weird until you realize it's not that weird (laughs) I mean I was going to say what made him feel like that was it 
Um, because he would hear this noise and then they would come. And he was like, if they're not there and suddenly they appear here, I am hearing them coming. And the noise of them coming is this frequency. Okay. You know, it's like when you hear a car pull up in your driveway, like you are aware that that noise brings visitors to your house. Yeah. It's not that profound. And it's also backed up. Um, Because in the UFO world and in the regular world, there are actually declassified documents that talk about this very idea. In one paper from the NSA called Communication with Artificial Intelligence, it is outlined that high-frequency signals could be evidence of extraterrestrial interaction with mankind. And in John's case, he didn't really see this as a communication attempt, but rather attributed the sounds with impending danger um, because it meant that these beings were shifting into our interdimensional plane, which we have talked about this before with Bigfoot. There are Mm -hmm. also high-frequency noises and lights when people see Bigfoot, so maybe it's like a similar tier. And honestly, I buy it. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense that like, because at first I want to be like, UFOs are silent. Mm -hmm. They move in silence. Mm -hmm. But them saying it's not necessarily the craft itself making the noise, it's them plane jumping, if you will. Yeah, or it's like the... What's that, like, the Doppler effect, where as cars come, it's like... Yeah. Something like that. I like your sound effects. That's really good. Thank you. I'm very talented. Uh, Yeah, it makes sense to me. Like, it's just something pushing against our reality and making waves, and those waves have to have a noise associated Mm -hmm. with them. That's not a conspiracy at all. God, look at how fucking fat my neck looks. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. crazy you're crazy look at that my neck is as wide as my whole head you're actually insane god not you're- a flattering angle <laughs> sorry not a flattering angle oh, you if i remember to away that, yeah if i remember to del- delete that out i will anyway no leave it um, everyone needs to see the insanity <laughs> um, peek behind the curtain uh, in the following moving on from uh, absolutely no tangent whatsoever In the following weeks and months, the Edmonds faced a recurring pattern of abduction-like encounters evident through the sudden appearances of the bruises and scratch marks on their body. Simultaneously, the presence of these entities persisted around their property and refused to fade away. So it just got worse. Normally, we like to think of alien encounters as being a one-off, but in this case, it was happening consistently. And faced with this relentless phenomenon, John arrived at a resolute decision to protect both the property and his wife, finally. Um, And in a moment of confrontation, this is so cool, he instinctively reached for a fucking samurai sword that he kept above the fireplace, and he wielded it against one of the creatures. And with a swift strike, he embedded the weapon in the side of the entity, fully intending to sever its tiny little head. However, to his utter astonishment, the lifeless body vanished right before his no! eyes, defying all expectations and leaving him in a state of belief. That is so shitty to think mm-hmm. that he was going to have this like cool fucking moment right? where he samurai swords a fucking alien, and then it just like shitty, shitty like two thousand and five graphic. It just like disappears in front of him. Like <laughs> right? I just imagine it pixelates away. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that'd be but, so or like stupid. the I dream a genie where it's just like a boop, and then the yep. camera shifts a little bit and it's gone. Yeah. Yep. Just um, cheesy. Just a <laughs> cheesy vanishing move. Oh my god, yeah. So this this left John stuck between two theories. One, that he either severed the alien's tether to our physical plane, or prior to beheading it, the alien attempted to shift out of danger, but obviously it was too late to save its life, but just in time for it to leave the area. These are, I will say... I'm not trying to judge John. I don't know, like, what his life is. These are two very fucking interesting theories to come up with for that situation. I would have been just like, damn, I guess aliens can't die. And it's like, (laughs) my life. And he's like, they must be stuck between our physical planes. It's just like, bro, what? Where the fuck? Why? I think they're reasonable. Those are reasonable theories. Yeah, those are your reasonable theories if you've been, like, you know, Chewing I, on keyboards and yeah. wrapping your head in tinfoil for I, the past I will, 30 years. 
I would have thought they have some sort of technology to get the fuck out. Like, oh, like maybe his suit, as soon as it like determines that he's killed, beams him out. That's what I would have thought. I would have thought there was some sort of technology at play. It's like a little like Star Trekky. Like he yeah. was able to like blip, but uh-huh. like he may have appeared dead, or maybe similar to like Dobby in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, it was a Dobby situation. <laughs> oh my god, this is exactly what happened to Dobby. I know. That's what I'm saying. Man, really. maybe J.K. Rowling is going through this massive sh- smear because she's really trying to tell us that aliens are real, and the government's like, no, her people will reject her if we paint her as a turf. <laughs> That's the only that's the only case oh of JK Rowling not being a huge problematic bitch. But I guess it isn't. Um this is the only time I will deny a conspiracy theory. Because JK Rowling is a turf. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about a real hero. Emboldened by a sick AF sword, John eventually managed to eliminate nearly 20 of these aliens. During his tenure at the ranch, although he did sometimes injure himself in the process. And they blipped every time. Uh Uh-huh. As the frequency of the attacks increased, John took to social media platforms to share his experiences, discussing the incidents, and posting photographs depicting his reported injuries, as well as an image caught of one of the creatures. I have a lot of thoughts about this fucking picture right here. Okay, describe the first one. Oh, you're looking at a knee, by the way. I apparently am looking at a knee. Um, <laughs> and it's just a, it's human flesh with a scar. Clearly a scar. And then what's next to it is what I'm assuming is supposed to be evidence of the alien. Mm-hmm. And this is straight out of signs, brother. Yeah. This is straight out of signs. Mm-hmm. This is straight up the children's birthday party and the fucking CGI alien comes across the screen. Granted, scared the fucking shit out of all of us. I know every <laughs> single person listening right now is scared fucking shitless when that happened. Yeah. But now we look back on it and we're like, that's clearly CGI. And then I look at this and I'm like, are you fucking for real? Are you... What the fuck, girl? This you couldn't even you couldn't even have made it a little bit more blurry to make it seem a little bit more belie- like believable. It is a semi out of focus but mostly in focus background of yeah. um the property and then a close up out of focus but distinguishable <laughs> clip art of a fucking alien. Like First off, how dare alien. you? Because this looks like every single fucking photo that my dad sends me of his dog. So I feel like this photo has to be real. Just knowing how dads take photos. I... Are you being for real right now? You're telling me you look at that alien photo and you're like, that's real? Yeah, why I have seen more convincing footage from the Men in Black movies. Which could also be real, Noel. That is crazy. um, it's definitely a photo. Sure and is. photo is definitely of what is a photo of something that John said he saw. Um, and I will go no further. Also, if you scroll, I don't know what your view is, but if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the samurai sword and a tiny pool of alien blood. Oh, my God. That... Is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen in my life. He should have stopped with the alien photo. No, he should have, you're being he should a have hater. left that out. He should have left that out. That is crazy to me. All right. Well, I'm <laughs> about to get taught a lesson. Because after not. the perplexing encounter where the creature's body vanished, John managed to preserve blood and tissue samples on the sword, which he had analyzed, Noel. Mm-hmm. And this analysis by who dr mantis toboggan <laughs> no <laughs> by an individual named wc Levengood. <laughs> shut up you a bad fake name and there were intriguing results i bet there fucking were the samples were reportedly identified as being of an unknown origin deviating from no known human or animal species Mm-hmm. I will say, shortly after this analysis was concluded, W.C. Levengood himself disappeared. 
taking the samples with him. Yeah, no fucking shit, huh? Could he this- have disappeared if he ever even appeared to True. you? This is like... What if the nip w- got him? No. This W.C. Levengood reminds me of the guy who is... I'm pretty sure he's arrested now, but he was like hiding the Irish out in the dude? UK. Yeah. <laughs> who was like a serial fucking assaulter uh-huh. and then like moved to the UK and put on the worst British accent and gave himself yeah. the worst British name. And yeah. is like, it's not me. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. we clearly see it's you. It is you. You mm-hmm. have the same tattoos. We fucking know it's you. And he's like, oh, you can't be me. And he like takes <laughs> his like fake oxygen mask off. And he's like, well, you're looking. They want me to fucking get up. Because he's like pretending to be disabled yeah. too. Yeah. Just that is also, he probably went by WC11. <laughs> oh my God. Then he's, well, if he did, then I want to know what he did with the samples. Uh, he got splaining to do. Mm-hmm. So, this mysterious disappearance of a man who totally existed, named Levengood, this coincidental vanishing, might bring a lot of people like Noel to not really believe Edmund's experience. But it is important to note that these encounters are pretty similar with aliens and interdimensional beings in the Four Corners, and John's claims of killing these alien entities are not isolated events. Why did um, W.C. Levingworth come back? No, uh, he was never seen or heard from again. (laughs) Um, But one prominent figure who emerges is a man named Phil Schneider, whose untimely death officially ruled as a suicide was following a series of events and public talks that he gave about top secret government alien bases located deep underground. No, this guy is pretty popular in the UFO community and we have talked about him before on the podcast, albeit shortly. Um, But he was somebody who worked in collaboration with the United States Special Services as a geologist and explosives expert. Mm -hmm. During his tenure in working with the government, Phil claimed to have helped with the construction of two underground military bases. And these were not necessarily known to the public. You know what I mean? Like, wink, wink. Um, One of these was the infamous Dulce base in New Mexico, where it is wildly believed in the community that the United States military and extraterrestrials work together in secret side by side. This is where we bring in the previous episodes where we've talked about things like Project Blue Book, um, where and then like how Eisenhower signed us over to the aliens. In his most popular experiences, known informally as the shootout in the Dulce military base, or is it Dulce? It's and Dulce. I think I've been I, in Italy for too long. I think it's Dulce. Dulce military base. Phil claimed there was an armed conflict between Delta forces and the Greys when their group accidentally stumbled across the aliens and began shooting at them. From an express.co.uk article, quote, Dulce battle expert Anthony Sanchez, author of UFO Highway and the founder of Umbra Research, a group dedicated to understanding the hidden aspects and mysteries behind the UFO ET phenomenon, said that in 1979, um, there was a sunk shaft during a mining exploration to see if they could build a similar subterranean base when they discovered a very old cavern system where gray extraterrestrials had a base. From universeinsideyou.com, the fight is further detailed in the following. Quote, At the bottom of the shaft, Schneider set off exploring through the seemingly natural caverns hidden in those depths. Suddenly, he turned a corner and came face to face with something unfathomable. There, only a few free and few feet in front of him were three extraordinary beings. They were humanoid, but gray and clammy with oversized heads and large black eyes trained straight on Schneider. Two were short, perhaps four feet tall, while the third stood over seven feet tall. As the creatures began moving towards him, Schneider panicked and drew his pistol, firing quickly at the two smaller creatures and killing them. That is rude. It's an American response. I know. Uh, <laughs> Kill the little guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, the description of gray but clammy. Like, okay. That it's is- hot in New Mexico. They're probably sweaty. 
I know, just watch it be just some guy. Yeah, just some little nerd. Just some Uh four-foot-tall, clammy man. (laughs) Um, Or just a man with his two children, his twin boys out for a walk. Um, But just then, the large creature motioned its hand in a circle and shot out a blue beam of light. The beam hit Schneider, knocking him flat on his back, cutting open his stomach, and blowing off three of his fingers in the process. The creature moved towards Schneider as if to finish him off, when all of a sudden, a team of green berets, stirred by the sound of gunshots, came barreling around the corner, weapons drawn. They were greeted by a group of similar great creatures running in from the other direction. Without warning, death was all around Schneider, and a vicious battle erupted as he lay in the dirt, unable to move. Just when he thought his own death was upon him, he felt the strong hands of a green beret dragging him out of the fight and throwing him onto the lift back towards the surface, saving his life as the slaughter continued. The last thing Schneider saw as the lift began to rise was the green beret who had saved him hit by a blue beam of light. Wow. Scary. Heroic. And more than- Also, he really just started a war by being nosy- yeah. Well, uh. starting a war by starting sh- shooting. Yeah. A little problematic well, there. Such an American response. Mm-hmm. He stumbles upon them, shoots them, war ensues, mm-hmm. everyone dies. Yeah, and the he fucking green away. berets come. Yeah. Those cool. are like, you know, it's like the green berets and like the seals. There's like certain tiers of military personnel that you shouldn't like get in a gunfight with. And I would say the green berets are up there. Um, And more than 60 people died, military and fellow civilian contractors. And after this, Phil was expected to sweep the entire experience under the rug. And as far as I'm concerned, he he should have been charged. Yeah. Court-martial is a civilian. And they're like, listen, man, just shut the fuck up about it. Nobody has to know who's going to believe you anyway. And he did for a little bit. But remember how I said he got shot? The The fact that he was hit with alien weaponry le- led Phil to believe that the subsequent and almost immediate cancer diagnosis had something to do with him being hit by this alien technology. So this, in conjunction with sweeping the deaths of his co-workers under the rug, um, Phil ultimately returned all of his accolades and broke off any relation that he had with the military and intelligent communities. Um, Despite returning to geological work, Phil was pretty open about his experiences and claimed to have run into, like, claimed to have several run-ins with the government over the years because they were trying to silence him. And I believe it was one of those things where they're like, yeah, let him talk. No one will believe him while simultaneously, like, trying to make him sound insane, which Mm -hmm. is pretty common with alien interactions. Um, But he had multiple instances where cars would try to run him off the highway, and there would even be random people who would attack him in the street trying to, like, stage a mugging gone wrong. Um, And I would love to say that Phil is alive and well, but he was totally got got when on January 17th, 1996, he was found dead at his home in Oregon. He had been strangled to death with his own catheter cord. Jesus fucking Christ. And after agents came to his house, FBI agents, um, they took a bunch of his property, including almost all of his family photos Phil's widow ultimately revealed that they had ruled his death a suicide because of course they would. Oh my God. Being strangled to death with your own catheter cord is a hateful thing to do to somebody. And then to say it was a suicide. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That sucks. Um, And while I, it is if there is any positive to take away from these terrible situations, it's good to know that when aliens fuck around, they do find out. But Mm -hmm. also if we fuck around, the government makes us find out too. Yeah. 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 Um, And I will say that while the Edmonds are alive and well, they are going through a pretty severe spin on what they've been experiencing with their ranch with everyone saying that they're trying to have a claim to fame 
and even saying that these are sexual abuse cover-ups. They are what? saying, yeah, they are saying that um, he is gaslighting his wife into believing she is being abducted by aliens when, in fact, he is severely abusing her. Oh my God, that's a dark turn I didn't expect. Right, I didn't write as much about it because I was like, that's just. Um, darker than I want to go. Yeah, that but is it's dark lore. Pretty severe. Yeah. They say some pretty terrible things about him. Um and also like victim blame his wife pretty bad. Jesus Christ. But you can't even fucking have aliens anymore, huh? No, I know. I know. You can't even have aliens anymore. God um, damn. But you know what you can have? Insight from us, you and I. Yeah. On how you can defend yourself against an alien in hand-to-hand combat. Now, be careful <laughs> if you look this up, because Google will think you're trying to kill yourself. Um, yeah, Chelsea did send me the <laughs> screenshot. It gave it, her the suicide hotline. Yeah, it gave me the suicide hotline. So I, I had to said you're not alone. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I know I'm not fucking alone, Google. Google's trying to tell me what I already know. By telling me I'm not alone when I'm looking up how to fight an alien in hand-to-hand combat. It's like when I, this is trigger warning, uh, this is like when I go to Pinterest and I look up like, kill yourself meme. Yeah. <laughs> and it just replies with the suicide hotline and generates nothing. And yeah. Like, how am it's I like, supposed to get it? That's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, also, finding anyway. memes, memes on Pinterest. Um, girl? Is, it, to- I, is that a thing? This here's let's sidetrack for a little bit because okay. this is important. I'm about to turn everyone on. Pinterest is my favorite app. Pinterest is my favorite social media app because it is just based off of pure enjoyment and vibes. First of all, you have your classic Pinterest boards like this is a whole Pinterest board about shoes that I want, right? Yeah. Lovely. This is an entire Pinterest board for um celebrity reaction photos. Yeah. Okay. Started off with Ben Affleck ones per use. And then this piece de resistance, you can see it's been going on for three years now. Do you see it? Three years. This is a meme folder that I have been curating for the past three years with some of the best memes you'll ever see. Like truly Pinterest is the best algorithm. Um, It is the best place to collect it can get as dark or as light as you'd like it to Mm -hmm. um i cannot recommend it enough it is my favorite you know what i just realized because i have a pinterest where i upload some of my watercolors and roller derby bout art i get twenty-two thousand monthly views according to pinterest dude apparently you gotta look up people make money off of pinterest like just for content yeah you should look up how to do the monetization of it because people make apparently good money on pinterest damn i gotta if i'm not gonna do it with youtube i should do it with my pinterest yeah and you're basically kind of anonymous on pinterest it's Mm -hmm. that's why it's the greatest all right anyway a little bit of asmr here that is fucking terrible five easy to follow steps on what you can do to defend yourself against an alien in hand-to-hand combat. Number one, assess the situation. Sure. Evaluate the alien's physical capabilities, strengths, and weaknesses to, if possible, develop a strategy. I'm going to go ahead and say that an, like, an alien's physical weakness is probably like not a lot. Because even if they're tinier than you, they have... like blue beams coming out of their fucking fingertips and what do you have a really bad karate karate kick like it's not gonna it's not gonna go down for you that's why you got to assess two exploit vulnerabilities identify any potential weaknesses such as sensitive body parts or areas that may be susceptible to damage you know i will say with their big ass eyes that they always seem to have maybe like flashing a light in them maybe like turning on a flashlight on them will blind them for a second who knows? Also, in Phil's case, a gun with bullets mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, three, speed and agility. If the alien is larger or stronger, focus on utilizing quick movements, agility, and evasive maneuvers to avoid direct confrontation. You got a Pikachu Whoa. 
We are all dead. We are all dead. If it is up to speed and agility, I'm a goner. I'm one rolled ankle away from just being taken out of commission. Uh, Target vital areas. Aim for areas that cause maximum impact, such as the head, eyes, throat, or any other known weak points. That's fair. Use improvised weapons, if available. Utilize objects in your environment as makeshift weapons to enhance your chances of success. I just feel like you'll look like an asshole, like if you've got like a broom handle and you're going after an alien with like a laser gun. <laughs> Get into like a prison fight where you're throwing like a shank from hand to hand and you're like, yeah. let's do this dance. Um, and then they just have like a fucking laser beam gun and they just evaporate you and you are yeah. like just vanished from the earth. I think you also want to think about how you want to be found when you die. How do you want to be found? Do you yeah. want to be found with like a look of terror holding a broomstick handle? Or do you want to be doing a cool pose? Like maybe also yeah. put that into consideration. Why not all that? Also, just by reading these, I feel like Google just used what you could do in any hand to hand fight. And yeah. then try to suggest it was for aliens because this really gave us nothing. So yeah. I will say, forget all of this. Just kill it with a samurai sword. Yeah, apparently that works. It did Also, work. I remember reading a old coffee table book that I had that was like how to survive a zombie apocalypse. And it specifically said that the best weapon to have in a zombie apocalypse situation is a samurai sword. Yeah, because you don't run out of ammo and it yeah. gives you range. It gives you range. Um, it has. There's no reloading. It's and quiet. You can, it's quiet, and you can find things to keep it sharp or sharpen it out in yeah. the wild. Or a baseball bat with like a nail hammered into it. Even a baseball bat has more likelihood true. of breaking than a samurai sword if you get That's a good true. samurai sword. That's true. Um, I mean, I have lightsabers, which is kind of like. A cosplay mix between a sword and a bat. I've got two swords, but they're both very dull. They could not cut anything if they tried. Yeah, it would it would be just a, basically using a bat. Mm-hmm. You could butter knife them to death. What if they're what That's if it's true. like hot outside and they got a nice creamy exterior? What if they're a margarine <laughs> based? Creamy exterior. Oh my god! What if they're margarine based? I, you know, I will say there are some depictions of aliens where they do look like they could be cut with a butter knife. Yeah, they got, like, the skin of, like, a great-grandma <laughs> just yeah. rubbing against the counter too hard, and they are just torn up. Yeah, if you grab their wrist to help <laughs> yeah. them from oh, falling, no, yeah. the skin will rip off. Yeah, why don't we just take aliens and leave them in a nursing home and not turn them enough in their beds? Why don't we just subject <laughs> aliens to the horror that is the United States healthcare system? Yeah. And the problem will eradicate itself. Yeah, how about we just give aliens jobs at McDonald's and then tell them to apply for healthcare and watch them leave. <laughs> Did you see that robot where they're like, they gave that robot menial tasks and it killed itself after yeah. like, yeah. It, Just do yeah. That. If that's how we take out AI, that's how we take out aliens too. That was, that is one of my favorite things. And for those who don't know, they made a, AI robot basically do like Amazon stocking, yeah. like restocking things. And it was like, how long do I have to do this? And they were like, basically forever. And it was so miserable that it calculated that the only way to end its like misery and suffering and pointlessness was to just kill itself and it like shut itself down. Um, and you know, that's the joke of capitalism today. Um, yeah. And there were people in the comments being like, uh, Give it a wife and kids and see how long it takes to kill itself. <laughs> yeah. Give it a 40-hour work week while also expecting to live a happy, meaningful life outside of it when you yeah. have just bills and capitalism. Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah. that's how we survive. You become middle management in the apocalypse and nothing can hurt you. I don't know what middle management in the apocalypse looks like, but... It's this. It's being like... Right now, baby doll, get some health care. Yeah, that's and I'll true. help you with none of it. That's very true. So that's all I got. That's Stardust Ranch. Zach Baggins, feel free to uh, never talk to me. Yeah, feel free to never speak to us again. Um, I will say that I did 
get exposed to a Zach Baggins Baggins fan cam recently, and that was very upsetting to me. What? Yeah, it was really upsetting to me. Um, he doesn't have. He has to have a fan cam on top of his television show. Yeah, someone made a fan cam, and it was like him posing, like like making his muscles look big, like him posing with his hands underneath his muscles and trying yeah, to push I know push exactly them forward. what pose you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you know. And it was like a series of those and very ill-fitting shirts and a lot of wallet chains. And I was like, what the fucking hell is going on here? It was a really upsetting way to like start a Tuesday, I will say. Especially because it's Thursday. So yeah. that is the worst. <laughs> well, no, I saw it on Tuesday. Oh, okay. It's been, it's been haunting me ever since. Um, yeah. Much like the ghost that he claims he sees. But speaking of things that will haunt you, I have something that will cure your haunting. And that is the link tree in all of our bios. I am at Noelle Fane. That is at Sithlard. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. And in that link tree, you can find a link to our Patreon. New episodes every week. A dollar gets you in. We also have other fun things like uh, maybe some people of Walmart pictures. Maybe some videos of people getting branded. People you may know. People you may not know. You'll just have to go check out and see. Um, <clears throat> we also have a link in there for Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl on Etsy. She makes our cool merch. She also makes other cool art. Go check her out. There is a link to our Discord server, our Facebook group for the Boomers, and I don't know why you'd need it, but um, places to listen to us. There's also a link to all of our merch. 100% of it, the proceeds are donated. Um, and we we had the drag shirt going to drag story hour. Um, and I think with Pride coming up, I think that we should be redirecting funds to the ACLU. Um, the ACLU is actually currently in southern Utah um, helping with the drag performers out there who have been um, blacklisted, banned from performing in those local areas and arenas. So they're out there helping them. Um, fight that case and honestly all around the ACL the ACLU is all around the United States um, fighting the good fight whether it's from the don't say gay bills that are being passed the um, anti-drag bills that are being passed or the anti-trans bills that are um, currently in action that are preventing um, gender affirming care for not just um, trans youth but also trans adults um, so the ACLU is working tirelessly um, to help prevent these fucking straight up atrocities and attacks on this community from happening. So please donate if you can. Um, I think we're going to try to whip something up for Pride, um, which is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. That is the month of June. But honestly, every day is Pride. So always be on the lookout um, for organizations that are donating nonprofit organizations that are donating um to these fantastic freedom fighters if you will so mm-hmm. i know things are very scary right now so we just have to um be in solidarity with each other remain vigilant remain as positive as we can be um help lift each other up when we can um and help where you can whether that's monetarily and financially or um volunteer work or if you can't do either of those because you're working two jobs, um, you've got you know mouths to feed. Share, share yep. information, share organizations, um, any sort of platform. Even if you have two followers, any sort of platform um, gets the word out there and also um, normalizes what's going on. Um, the conversations it normalizes the hard conversations that we need to have. Um, whether you are a part of the community or an ally you do kind of have to suit up right now and that is unfortunate. And so um, we need to be able to look around to all of our friends and mutuals and neighbors um, and see uh, friendly faces on the same side as you are. So mm-hmm. everything counts. Everything matters. Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, if you have any ideas that you want to see or let us know, and we'll try to make those into free graphics we will share them we will if you're like hey can i just have like the like a rainbow shirt that says fuck trump we will make it we will send you the art for free and we so that you don't have to like wait for a bonfire campaign or anything like that just message us and we'll try to make it happen yes just let us know just let us know what we can do 
Yep. Um, so yeah, that's basically that on that. Um, I would like to give a a big fat hunking, steaming, hail Satan, um, especially because I know that. Um, the dark powers that be that don't actually exist do keep one of my mortal enemies awake at night, which is Ron DeSantis. Um, Rhonda, Rhonda's out here um, believing in the devil, so I want to believe that the devil is real just so it could spite him. So that is why I'm going to give a big, fat, rainbow-colored Hail Satan. Mm. Damn. That's way better than any I was going to come up with. I was going to say, hail the people that protect their dogs from aliens. That's also a good hail. I do like okay, that hail as well. You. Also important hail. Thank you. We'll hail them as well. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Bye. Bye.